Eldridge and Christian Merrill. Guys, how are you guys doing? Good. Pretty good. <laughs> Enthusiasm <laughs> is at an all-time high. We we took a break for Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I do want to ask you guys, how was your Thanksgivings? Well, I get to start. You can start it. Mm. I, was, I took a nice nap. Very nice nap. <laughs> I have photos to prove it. This podcast is the worst. <laughs> oh my god. I uh, ate a lot of food mm-hmm. while all the adults were eating as well. But I ate so fast and I was like, oh, I have to excuse myself so I can go nap. You're like 29. <laughs> That's false. <laughs> what, 27? Yeah. 24? 26. <laughs> I know how old he is. But all the adults were eating, and I was like, I have to excuse myself to lay down. So I went to go lay down on the couch, fell asleep, and then my brother just put his baby son on me. He was like, let the kids sleep together. <laughs> <laughs> just two baby boys. Mm. <laughs> Brandon, what about you? I really don't have any stories, but yeah, it was whatever Thanksgiving is. All right. All right. <laughs> I I was in Frederick, Maryland, uh, with with my girlfriend Jackie's family. It was awesome. They, it, as you guys know, it was my birthday, my actual birthday over that weekend, the twenty sixth. So, they they made me feel at home. They got me a cool basketball mug with a hoop attached to it. <laughs> it was adorable. That Christian showing us his his sleeping stance with his with his nephews adorable well i'm glad everybody had a great thanksgiving i also had an excellent thanksgiving because i went to watch the blazers and wizards play at the capital one arena it was amazing but we'll get to that that part later so the first thing that i want to talk about today is the the mvp race like i want to go over hot take mvps so we could go, this podcast could be spent breaking down safe picks like like James Harden or Giannis, Giannis LeBron. Yeah. All of those are, are equally good picks. We're here to talk about fringe candidates that probably won't do it. So let's get started. Who's your guys' hot take MVP? Can I start? Let me go ahead. Are, are we ready? Yeah. Are, you guys, are you guys really ready for this one? It's going to be it's gonna be fact. Nick Vucevic. I mean, my God. <laughs> my God. Dominance. Dominance. Let's, let's talk about the standings. Nick, Nick Vucevic is having a career year. He has propelled his team to an astounding 10 and 15. Or, I'm sorry, an 11 and 17. My bad. They are slight. That 10 and 15 is the Brooklyn Nets. They are at 11 and uh, 17. You know, my hot take is looking good still. Um... Detroit at 14 and 11 because of perennial all-star Andre Drummond, who no one questioned at the start of this year. I think he's another MVP lock. What about you guys? Who you got? I'm going to I'm going to actually go with uh we're going to have a rookie of the year and MVP Ben Simmons. Oh. Whoa. That would be exciting. That would be. Yeah. What about you, Christian? The person going into this season, the person I thought would walk away MVP has not even stepped foot on the floor yet, which is Kawhi Leonard. I was thinking this was going to be Kawhi's year. Not hot enough. Like, he can still come back. That's not hot enough. He's, he's not he's fringe. He's like 30 games. Talk to me about, like, a Brad Beal. Or, Brad like, Beal. or talk to me, like, about a Jeremy Lin who can't even play Jeremy. this year. Hear me, hear me now. Jeremy Lin's going to win MVP. On the bench. Yeah. First year ever. Well, I mean, Gordon Hayward did sink those two points in the minute he played. Yeah. That's that's two points a minute. How many people are doing that? That is, that is true. Uh, good good average. <laughs> <laughs> there might even be a small in there. Small sample size tells us that Gordon Hayward was on his way to yeah. all-star, all-star status. And I, I think he's a fringe candidate for the MVP. I don't know if any player has ever averaged two points a minute through a whole season. <laughs> No, absolutely not. No. Can you imagine what what's the what, there are what the like upwards of eighty points a game, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, good, good starter probably plays about thirty minutes a game. That's sixty points. No, no one's doing that. Yeah, 
Uh, I think the only other fringe MVP candidate that uh, we haven't talked about is... Boogie Cousins? No, no, LeVar Ball. <laughs> oh. Now, now, I know what you think, you're think. you thinking out there, audience. You're saying, Zach, LeVar doesn't play in the NBA at all. And hear me out. He's a big baller, okay? Neither will does either, too, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, LeVar, our, our endorsement offer is still out there, as, as you have pulled... Uh, Leangelo from UCLA. I mean, if so, Lamar, if you want to adopt us, we have just as much chance of getting in the NBA as your other kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, what you got to lose? <laughs> How would you like three white sons? <laughs> All past their prime in terms of basketball age. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I smell victory. So. So there's that. Let's let's move on. We have college degrees, though. <laughs> so we do have college degrees. <laughs> Something those kids don't. Oh my! The next thing I want to talk about. Uh, let, let's let's go up and down. All right. We're, this is a segment called Up and Down. We are going to talk about who is currently up right now and who is currently a little bit down. And let's start with up. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they rallied off, was it 13 wins? Yeah. yeah was it, 13. it stopped at 13 wins on Friday when they got beat, or, yeah, Friday yeah. when they got beat by the Indiana Pacers, Pacers um, and they just won last night against the, the 76ers. So what, do you, what are your guys' thoughts? What have you seen from Cleveland? What What's different? Is it the fact that Derrick Rose isn't seeing the floor? Is I mean, it, I think that has a little bit to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. honestly. But um, I just, you know, I feel like it just took, this is a brand new team, basically, so it just took a little bit of time to you know start to gel, and I you know I think everyone was waiting for this to happen. Maybe it took a little bit longer than people were expecting because they were all you know veterans, but that's what I you know I think everyone was expecting this. Yeah, this is exactly what I thought would happen. Um, you know, Jose Calderon, another French MVP player. <laughs> He's for, he's, he's I for cannot his, endorse that. He, <laughs> he is stepping up to that starting position that no one thought he would have. He's the Ruby of the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, I. It, it's incredibly impressive what they've done, especially without Tristan. Um, you know, I, I've been excited that it is it, it's Chetty's time. Uh, oh, he was not playing well. No, but he that's expected. <laughs> the one thing... It's nice to see someone young on that floor who doesn't get exhausted running back and forth. Yeah. But he also <laughs> plays four minutes a game, it's so... As, it's as if yeah. playing time and development through playing time might help sometime, Ty Lue. <laughs> I just... Uh, I, I'm not a, the biggest fan of how Ty Lue only ever has two lineups. It's just the A and the B. He never mixes it up. Yeah, I'm not, not a big fan of anything he does, really. You watch, so. you watch the A team get up 20 points, and then he sends in the B team until they're even again, and then A team comes back in, yeah. and B team. Yeah, I just... Yeah. I mean, there's good players on that B team, but they need yeah. other talent surrounding them. So so our, our friend friend of the podcast, uh, Dan, Danny Lossowitz, was talking about this with me. We, we went out on, on Friday night while that Pacers game was going on, and I asked him what he thought about, about Ty Lue, and <laughs> he just said, yeah, man, he's, he's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Danny being a diehard Cleveland fan. Yeah, D- Danny was actually going to try to come on the podcast today, but he had a Christmas party last night, and I never heard back from him, so that means that Danny went too hard. So he he is very excited about coming on. But no, he yeah, I, we, we talk about <laughs> Jason Kidd, Doc Rivers, and, and Ty Lu are in our crosshairs, and of the three, we, we could spend time talking about how Doc is kind of on the hot seat right now. Yeah. So I, you know, whether we want to talk about that, I don't know, but we're just going to have to watch that one play out. But yeah, I, I think <coughs> that to their credit, you know, Cleveland has done a great job and LeBron is, is looking no, no different than it. It's like, it's like he was on block better than yeah. he has. LeBron unleashed LeBron <laughs> unchained. You know, he's Mecca LeBron. He's like, he's just, Dragon Ball Z, every time a new villain comes in, that's a progression ahead of where he is. He just gets in that hyperbolic time chamber and, and <laughs> miraculously de-ages himself. Yeah, trains for a year. 
And uh, he sucks all the energy from D Wade and just brings it back. <laughs> <into himself. laughs> That's why he never gets injured. That's why Dwayne Wade is there. Why do you think Derek Rose is off to the side, like crippling? <laughs> oh no, he's Yamcha. He's surrounding himself with great players, stealing their energy. Welcome to our Dragon Ball Z podcast. <laughs> this is why Kawhi. This is why Kyrie left. He was onto it. I think he's on a different team. Kyrie is Vegeta, right? Kyrie was is Vegeta. He's the anti-hero. Yeah, he's the anti-hero. Who I'm, I'm trying to think. Kevin Love would Kevin Love be? Uh, that, that's Kevin a, Love can't be Krillin if that's where you were going. No. Kevin Love could be Trunks. Yeah, he kind of just shows up. <laughs> he's, just he's, he's good he's really strong you want him on your team but like he's not the guy you send in at the end that's true that's true and then I would argue that Isaiah Thomas is easily Piccolo I thought you were just gonna say Krillin for the shortness no no I don't uh, I don't say think he's Piccolo RJ was Krillin <laughs> bald 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 <laughs> a little too old bald slightly old you know, he left to be married or something. I don't know, but yeah, that I think those those uh, those comparisons work in the DZ. Jeff Green is a TM. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's cool. You want to see more of him, but you also know he's not get, getting the. He's not winning it. And then Chetty is Chetty Chatsu. <laughs> I would like to see a TV show just Chetty Open and Chitty. Jeff Green just <laughs> hanging out. Chetty has a lot to learn from from Uncle Jeff, so I I like that. So let's talk about Down. So Down... Hold on, I want to... Do you guys think... We're looking at at the rankings right now. Mm -hmm. I think these rankings could just be the playoffs right there. I I look... Yeah, I have... The one that I think could get off of this board is Detroit. I think Detroit could fall... But I don't know what team I, I, but I don't see Right, that. right. There's no one. Yeah. The bottom out of the playoff race at 9, 10, and 11 right now are New York, Miami, and Brooklyn. And, like, yeah, New York can make it work, but they were always kind of suspect. Miami's kind of always, like, Miami, as sad as it, as sad, as sad as it sounds, is, like, kind of like the San Antonio of the East because it's you've got Spo down there. You've got Dion Waiters. Like, they could always sneak in. But really, to be honest, like, yeah, Detroit, out of this group of Boston, Cleveland, Toronto, Milwaukee, Indiana, Detroit, Washington, and Philadelphia, the only sus- the only suspect one in there is Detroit. But to be honest, like if Another they continue, team would have to step it up. Yeah, yeah. like that yeah, is their they, spot to lose, right? I think Miami is the most likely team to step it up. Where it, as if we go to the West, it, it's West the same. Is more interesting. The, I disagree because I think that honestly, they're the one. Again, we have another scenario where there's one team to drop off that list, and it's Utah. Now let's go down nine, ten, and eleven. We've got Oklahoma City, L.A. Lakers, L.A. Clippers, Phoenix, Sacramento, Memphis, Dallas. The only team that to me that is getting in there is really going to be Oklahoma City. So it's the opposite of how like in the East, Detroit, it's like their spot to lose. Yeah. Really, to be honest. Anywhere in the playoffs is Oklahoma City's spot to gain, and in my opinion, Utah's spot to lose because Utah is a great team defensively. I think that you know they they went through a lot of hardship losing Gordon, but I just don't see them in there, and I really think that Oklahoma City is going to be somewhere in that top in, I, in the eight. I can um, honestly, I can see getting, Denver falling too. Yeah, Denver. I think will <clears throat> I project Denver at about a six or seven. I don't how, how far like. The reality of it is this. Oklahoma's at, at 12 and 13. Yeah. They're realistically two games out of the five. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not that far away. We're not talking about a huge amount of, of wins that they have to get there just to be there. So, and I, I will say I like how San Antonio has, has <laughs> regained, <laughs> is once again the, they're like a Cobra. They're just always yeah. in striking distance. And then... Yeah. Uh, and then Minnesota, Minnesota found their stride, finally. Yeah, meaning that they just kind of bottomed, like, evened out. <laughs> they found their stride by evening out, which mm-hmm. we all kind of were wondering when it would happen. But brings me to our next... So you make a good point. We're talking about these down teams that have absolutely no shot. Brings me to my our next down segment. Memphis is... It's bad. To the point where they... I mean, if I were running the team, I would get rid of... Gasol and Conley as just a thank you you know yeah. I know that that's their city I know that that 
you know, that's where they've made their history and where they've made their mark on the game. But really, I, th- I think it's time to have a good old-fashioned fire sale. And I know we could talk, we could spend an entire podcast talking about if tanking is worth it. It's so hard to actually tank and succeed. Look at how perennially yeah. bad, like, Sacramento, uh, Orlando, uh, Phoenix. My God, Phoenix has, had, has been there in the top, like, ten picks. Yeah. Like, and it's, I feel like with those guys, though, they didn't really – they haven't fully, like, just gone out like, like the 76ers who just clearly were like, yeah, we're going to be taking, like – like community college players for a little bit yeah. and just, just dying and then we're going to get some great draft picks and that's what they did and now they're finally turning it around I feel like these teams like Phoenix and Sacramento have always tried to do like a more of a quick fix and not yeah. try to do a you know and a I rebuilding. think that speaks to organizationally because you, like both of the both Phoenix and Orlando are suspect organizationally so yeah but I, I do specifically, we don't really talk a lot about Memphis. Uh, we, we spend a lot of our time. There are certain teams that tend to come up more in this podcast. But, you know, I, it's, it's just hard. You know, I, I don't, uh, someone brought up in another podcast that you can't really blame them because if they would have sold off all their assets, if they would have, if Conley and Gasol and, you know, went with Randolph and, and stuff like that, they sold off their assets all at once. I mean, what were they going to have? Like, they're already in, like, kind of a bottom, like, TV market. They're not making a lot of money. Yeah. They weren't making money even when they made the playoffs. And they made the playoffs seven straight years in a row. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. We talk about we talk about LeBron always being in the finals and stuff like that. But, like, for, for a team like Memphis to just make it that many years in a row to the yeah. playoffs. Especially the way that they, you know, they were developed. I mean, that, that was a team that was built more in the, you know, old school, like, 90s, early 2000s <laughs> model of an NBA team when you had all these teams like the Warriors that were trying to, you know, make it basically a different league. They were still holding true with, you know, your you know, pretty solid guard and your your two big guys that kind of just, you know, they weren't, they didn't space the floor. They just, you know, got down there and it was, you know, always dirty, but it always worked for them. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to see them, you know, make it every, you know, year after year. But they always did. I, I'll never forget... Uh, the the year that Golden State won won the first time um, against Cleveland, I'll never forget being being out, and I th- I think this was that year. I I was I was out at a bar, and I just happened to catch the very end of what would be it was the Western Conference Finals, and it was Memphis and Golden State, and I knew then and there, and I you know I, I was. You saw Conley, Gasol, and that whole team work so hard year in and year out and play that gritty style of basketball that you just wanted to see them win. And the Warriors at that point were this up-and-comer who they themselves had had disappointments against like the Clippers in years previous and stuff like that. But I just remember watching that loss, and I was just like, I don't know what happens from here on out with Memphis. And it, you know, it kind of, it was almost kind of a bummer, because it's like, Golden State's going to have these guys for X amount of years. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, this is Memphis's, like, this is their last chance, and I think they lost that game, that series in six games. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bummer to watch, and it's a bummer to watch how everything has kind of gone for them so far this season. I think that Fisdale was a decent coach. I just don't know. I, I don't know what else he could have done. Yeah. I don't know what else they can do. I, I think they don't have many options left. I think that what you're going to get back for some of these guys like Conley and Gasol, I don't think the return is going to be as high as you want it to be, but what else can you do? No, no I mean, they're, they're best. what, 34 probably? Uh, something like that. I think maybe... Maybe a little earlier, but maybe a little younger, but I don't think that probably much. Probably like 32 at the yeah. Um I think Conley's that, injured a lot. Yeah. Like 29. And his contract is pretty massive. massive. Yeah. He's one so, of the top paid in the yeah. whole league. Yeah. Yeah. So I think their their best option is is to obviously look for draft picks with these for these guys. Yeah. And hopefully do, you know, something kind of like the 76ers. Um, draft yeah. a bunch of centers and... But the, the yeah, draft a bunch yeah. of centers. Wait, show up, wait five years. Show up wasted to draft night. <laughs> like we've got one guy, and the rest of you are seven foot nine from Slovenia. Like let's do this. Trust the process. But I, I guess, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I have much else to say other than you know, can they? I also wonder, can they afford tanking with their with their yeah. profits, with a TV market deal, with an owner who is is absent a little bit there. Yeah. Anyway, that that's just my thought. Uh, I don't know if you guys had. Do you guys have anything else on the Grizz? I I thought the whole situation was weird. How quickly they just fired the coach. Yeah. Because it was like it seemed like Marcus all said one bad thing and then eight hours later he was fired yeah but yeah that's, that's how I read it yep it, it it's hard so sticking in that same vein let's go to the Hornets I mean the Hornets are the only other team that I really want to talk about that we that we kind of thought that they'd be somewhere in that east playoff picture like to, in my mind the only one missing from this playoff eight that no one predicted that was going to be in there, like, it's Detroit. Detroit has taken what you could have rightfully claimed preseason as Charlotte's spot. Yeah. yeah. And Charlotte, it's just another situation where it's a shame. Um, you know, Kemba, Kemba's not known for, he's a great player, but he hasn't been efficient uh, so far this year. <coughs> Batum has had been out yeah i mean it's just not it's not looking good for them despite the fact that they've got malik monk down there and he's shown some promise but so i mean we'll we'll see i don't know where this team is is gonna go like in what direction i really thought they were gonna get an eight seed coming into this but i mean dwight howard i thought looked like he was fitting in on that team pretty well kemba you always got to root for Kemba, but I don't know, the rest of that team is just kind of midland. Yeah, treading water, treading yeah. treading some yeah some heavy water. So I, I I wish I had more to say about them, but like it just kind of looked bad. Yeah. So I I mean I hope that they turn it around because I think that I think they're a little bit better than what they've been playing, but yeah <laughs> you know yeah I don't I don't think they are too, but. I, I don't know if they'll pick it up. It just feels they're at a point with their team, like, with all their talent, they're in their prime with the talent that they have currently. Like, they need to pick it up now. Yeah. Like, Kemba and Batum can't lead that team forever. All right. Well, yeah, so a little bit depressing to talk about those clubs, but that's just how it's going right now again we'll, we'll know more uh you know these are just early surface level they were still early surface level takes there is yeah. such thing as post-star post-all-star booms and things like that so these are just mm. we're still surface level but we know a little 20 it's at 25 26 games in we know enough yeah. to know yeah, what yeah we could talk hot take slam dunk contest champion this year I wanna I'm gonna save that for uh, pre pre All Star pod. I think that's gonna be a great topic. Yeah, yeah th- let's not get into that right now. Who my hot take? Uh, all right, just tell us. John Collins. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Or the dude from Brooklyn, and I'm so disappointed that I can't remember his name. The guy, there's a guy on Brooklyn last night who had, who had three dunks on somebody just like through the lane and everything. So and then of course Gian- Giannis uh, slammed it down some this week too but yeah he'll be just in the all-star game they they should they i think they've tried to make it more participatory within the last four <coughs> like four to eight years yeah. or whatever where it's just like well if you're in the all-star game like we'd rather give high fly dunkers i'm just like Giannis should be in the dunk competition <laughs> that just yeah. makes makes sense really quickly i didn't have this on the script but i want to talk about to you guys and listeners out there about what's going on in seattle i have a due diligence as a as a sonics fan to let let everybody know what happened so earlier this week they the seattle city council approved the proposed renovation by the oakview oakview group obg to build essentially a renovate key arena which was the old sonics sonics place a couple days later they've already announced that the nhl has has granted seattle permission to expand which is not definite but they this permission to kind of explore expansion allows seattle to take a list of season ticket holders if you talk to any nhl insider what 
what they're saying is, is with this being announced, essentially they're, they would find it very surprising if the NHL didn't, didn't come to Seattle. And mm-hmm. I think it's, I completely agree with that. I think the NHL is coming to Seattle for sure. But what's that mean for basketball? The, the, the scenario for Key Arena is this. Everybody is kind of skeptical on the fact that it's going to be the ownership model for Key Arena is OBG is going to take their share of, of profits from from sales and other things. I could bring it down more in depth, but I won't spend time. The rest of the profits, it's going to be a, a three-way shared profit model between OBG slash like the kind of Live Nation music side of things. They have an agreement with Live Nation in place. So you've got OBG in the music side, you've got the NHL, and then you've got the third-party operator of, of the NBA and everybody is kind of worried that the NBA doesn't isn't going to want an owner an NBA owner is not going to want to split that the profits three ways between that like you know it, mm-hmm. in Houston for example the profit uh, the, the profit goes solely I believe to the owner like you know they paid yeah. all this money for an NBA franchise they get at least like a good chunk of that profit back what like not sharing it with an operator slash the you know the NHL. The other thing that is kind of good, I guess, in that sense, is Adam Silver has has made no comment, um, particularly against it. He made he had a comment a couple weeks back about, you know, we see no issue with the building proper, and it's no secret that the NBA does want to get back to Seattle. I think at some point, but yeah. it's just like. It's whether it's going to be move or expansion, who knows. They, I mean, they are clearly, they were in Mexico City this week, and I think that's testing out that area for an NBA team. Mm-hmm. It's been rumored that they want to put one in Mexico City. It's been rumored that they want to put a team in Louisville. It's just with the new CBA or with the current CBA, the owners don't want to really divvy up the pot more because like we were talking about earlier, you have teams like Memphis who are not making money yeah. even mm-hmm. in this CBA, even in a record-breaking CBA. So... That's where we're kind of at with it, and pretty much the only other thing to update is that in that clause for or in the agreement with OBG, there is no exclusivity clause. So there is there was another arena that got touted a few years back called Soto, uh, which is in the the near the docks of Seattle, near where the Mariners play, and it you know it never was able to get a street vacation approved for a nearby street so they could use it for the facility and the port of Seattle stood in their way on that because they were saying it was going to harm maritime business even though no one goes down it's it's called Occidental Avenue no one goes down Occidental Avenue so the port held on to it so hot take you know that arena is set to open in 2020 I, I think hot take we can expect the Sonics back by 20 I want to say 2022 Two, I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go twenty as soon as twenty twenty two. I think the Sonics make a return to Key Arena. So I know that you guys probably just learned everything you need to know and more about the Seattle Arena situation. But if you have any thoughts, now's your time to make them. I'm more interested in what happens if Seattle gets a team, Mexico City or Louisville, because obviously I would love Louisville. We only live two and a half hours away from there. It'd be fun to see another team there but Mexico City would be really interesting too it's kind of like the same thing with NFL debating putting a team in London like what does that mean like having it in another country and expanding but my question I want to ask is what should the Mexico City team be called (laughs) uh I mean something like I put thought into this oh god (laughs) This can't be. A yeah, good I, thing. I don't have anything that if you want to. I mean, I would. Yeah, I would go super generalized, <laughs> like within culture, and say like the Aztecs or something would be kind of cool. But yeah, what cool. have you got? So the conquistadors would be cool, but what I think would be the best trolling. Oh no. Would be Mexico City, El Toro. <laughs> so we got two Bulls teams. <laughs> but what is the Latino version? What is the Latino? Oh it's my like God. you know, it's like oh, I'm going to the, I'm going to the Mexican Grammys. Oh, I'm going to the Mexican Bulls tonight. 
I I do not think that that will happen, but if it does, <laughs> you'll be the first person I will say, you know what, you are smarter at all things basketball than me, because I think that that sounds like a marketing disaster, and I think that sh- Chicago is, <laughs> Chicago would be pretty upset about that, so... No, I, I don't know what I would call them, but yeah, if we were in a universe where there weren't already the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> the the Mexico City Toros would be a great that'd be a great name. I'm I'm not disagreeing with that. I I just think <laughs> I just think that's not gonna happen. <laughs> So, Brandon, what about you? What do you think yeah. about expansion as a whole? Or, or back just, on uh, Seattle first, though. Um, you know, that was one of the, you know, old teams. So when, when we saw them leave, that was, you know, I feel like as the entire league didn't want to see it. So it was, you know, because I feel like some teams, if they were to leave, it wouldn't be like if Sacramento was to lose their team, I don't think people would care. <coughs> but being that it was Seattle, um, the Supersonics, you know, that's that's a franchise that's been around. It was around for a long time. So to see them come back would be, you know, pretty awesome. They left in what, 2008? Uh, I think it was six, six or seven. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's been since. I want to say two thousand six, two thousand seven, because Durant was on. He was the Supersonics for a year. Only one year. One year, I believe. Yeah, it's it's almost been a decade without a team there, and it will, of course, because of the fact that you know it's just going to continue until that arena is built in twenty or that arena opens in twenty twenty. You know, it'll be past a decade yeah at that point yeah so now my my feeling on expansion is the way that the current um you know league is you add two teams is it just going to be two more bottom feeders because i feel like that's what it's going to be because you're going to have your super teams you know this isn't the you know nba of you know 2000s or before that where you had every team had a you know an all-star pretty much yeah. You know, so you're going to, you know, add two teams possibly and you're going to have, you know, just two more teams that are going to just be awful. I think it would dilute the league. Yeah, so I think it's that's something I would be concerned with. Yeah. I don't want to see dilution. I think I don't want to list off names, but I think there's definitely teams and cities that could be moved. Yeah. Well, I know they're, they're, you know, how close, it was very close that Sacramento was going to move to Seattle yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, and that's, and that's the whole shame of Seattle's situation, is that they are a continual bargaining chip for other cities to build arenas. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, hey, if you, if you don't want to, if you don't want to build a new arena here, the folks in Seattle will, will definitely step up. Yeah. And that's exactly what was happening in Sacramento, and a lot of people were saying that, David Stern backroom broker to deal with with Kevin Johnson and stuff like that about about the new arena plan and everything. I actually watched I had, this has been a month or two ago. I watched some clips about while while that stuff was going on. Just you know the Sacramento people and Seattle people being you know interviewed side by side on on Sports Center. You had you had you know. Sonics Gate people being interviewed about you know what do you think about the like the team coming and da da da, and then you had a Sacramento guy from a Sacramento writer from like SB Nation or something who was just like angered to be there the entire time and mm-hmm. stuff like that 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 it was happening and as as we all know they saved their team but you know we'll we'll see what happens with that eventually but moving on though. So I have some exciting I have some exciting stuff to tell you guys. So I, I hinted earlier, or rather said earlier in the podcast that I wanted to talk about the Wizards. And I was fortunate enough to go see the Wizards and Blazers play each other the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It was a kind of sloppy game. John Wall obviously was was injured. You had you know you had. Brad Beal and Otto Porter were your two scoring options going against Dame and CJ, and I do have I do have thoughts about that game. Really quick, if we go over to the stats for the Washington Wizards right now, I, I Brad Beal is is I, I think he's a great storyline to this year. Just earlier this week, he he dropped fifty one in a game for a career high. Yeah, he you know we can see that he's averaging twenty three point eight points a game. I mean it's just He's he's great. I I, th- I think that I think he's finally able to step up into that leadership role because it's it's John Wall's team, right? Yeah. He is always sidekick. 
Yeah. yeah. Brad Brad Beal is sidekick. And and that and that's the interesting thing about it is Golden State came up having the Splash Brothers, right? And it, this was always John Wall, like John Wall as Batman. Yeah. Robin is Brad Beal, you know. So, what are you guys' thoughts on Brad Beal and then Otto Porter, who is also playing somehow out of his mind? What are that's, you guys that's thoughts? the one that surprised me the most. <coughs> because Otto Porter, he was in you know in that draft where they picked him, and it was kind of like, you know, they picked him pretty high. And he, I didn't really feel like he was panning out for the, you know, the longest time. And I feel like this this year has just kind of erased all of that. Right. And yeah. Because in the off season there was that whole thing on the, are they going to match his contract? Is he going to go yeah. somewhere else? And looking at his stats, he's doing great with this three point percentage, the rebounds. He's and he's what probably twenty one, twenty two years old. Yeah. So it's only gonna get better. Yeah, I remember his draft, the their analysis on Otto because I was I w- back then I was trying to figure out who the Cavs are gonna take. And in case anyone wondered, they took Anthony Bennett. And <laughs> yeah. Yep. Judging by uh, Christian and Brandon's laughter, you can tell that he is a household name and that he panned out. But yeah, basically, one of those community uh, college draft picks. Right? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, <laughs> Otto. They ta- I wanted them to pick Otto because everyone's talking about like upside, upside, upside. <laughs> upside is great, but you see like what happened with upside in that draft. Like not that Nerlens. I don't like Nerlens is an NBA caliber level player. It's a shame that like how he got like to where he got to because yeah. it's just like Philadelphia for all the great players that they have kind of like valued some players more than than others, and we saw that with Jaleel. Like, you know, and I, I'm not a big, I'm not a Jalil fan, but, you know, yeah. the guy, they, they had their little click and posse over there and Jalil wasn't over it and, or wasn't in it and they sent him to Brooklyn this week. But no, I, Otto was touted for having an NBA ready game and he just looked like, uh, they, they said he looked like a highlight tape for fundamentals. And that, I was like, yeah, it's it just seems like the safe bet. If you're in a draft where it's all upside and there's a lot of potential to fail with these guys, yeah. like, he probably, like, he might be the, the best, like, choice here. Yeah. So, that that's my thoughts on Otto. Now, let, let's go, let, let's go back to game night. So, I am, I am at the, I am at Capital One Arena and I, there are a lot of exciting things that happened that night. I tweeted out to Andrew Sharp, who is, he, he's on the SI Open Floor podcast, mm-hmm. and he, he joked about an episode in, in, in their, one of their episodes that he would, oh, his tradition during the national anthem was to go up to the concourse and get a mini Papa John's pizza. So I, I tweeted at him, because I, I told Jack, he was like, this is something I gotta do like I gotta live I gotta live the Andrew Sharp life and get a Papa John's pizza like before the game so I did uh, and I I tweeted at him and he liked it and uh, (laughs) I tweeted that I was just there to live my best Andrew Sharp life and get a Papa John's pizza before the game and then I tweeted a photo of the pizza with a piece missing that says like update like I've got it and he tweeted he, he tweeted me back that just said out here living the dream so I was like, yep. Um, and then my uh, my friend Billy Mount, who I think Christian knows, my friend mm-hmm. Billy Mount tweeted, like, update, gross. And then Andrew Sharp then, it, like, re-entered the conversation, which was fantastic. And he just goes, to be fair, I was upfront about the grossness all along, which he did. Like, he did say that. Like, it's like, yeah, it's kind of nasty. But that was, so that was awesome to have Andrew Sharp um, like comment on my Twitter. It's him and Dion Waiters now, or I can add to my list of people who have commented or responded <laughs> on my on my tweets. So that's pretty great. But so the best part, <laughs> we we haven't talked much about the the best part of Wizards games are the fourth quarter Chick Fil A contest. <laughs> where so essentially, if if a player of the opposite team misses two free throws in the fourth quarter. Everybody wins free Chick-fil-A. And I described this to Jackie and her family. I was like, that's the fourth quarter is gonna be so lit because chicken's on the line. Thanksgiving. Who cares? Who cares about the overall record of the Wizards? Chicken's on the line. It's it's 
<laughs> it, it was great. So, but in getting there, though, I, I recognized some things about Washington Wizards fans and just, like, going to basketball games in general. This, you know, I have been to games in Cleveland, Milwaukee, Toronto, and now Washington, and I've, I've realized that sitting up in the cheap seats is amazing because it allows you to... It allows you to sit with the hecklers, and the hecklers oh, yeah. are great. Yeah. So, so in the Heckler Hall of Fame was when Christian and I went to Milwaukee to watch the Bucks play the Cavs, and this guy was yelling at Richard Jefferson to get his old ass off the court. That and was the best, and that was probably the best Richard Jefferson ever played on the Cavs. Yeah, oh yeah, he Richard like Jefferson. Threes that game. Yeah, Richard Jefferson played an excellent game, and this guy in Milwaukee was just pissed. Well, I I found his equivalent in Washington, and his sole purpose, <laughs> Jackie can do. So this guy, every time Washington hit a three, he did a three point like a three point ritual dance or whatever. And Jackie can do it perfectly because she sat in front of her and she just watched it. So every time they he they did a three, and no one obviously on the podcast can see this, but he puts his arm up. Does the three point like uh, symbol with the with the two fingers in a circle, three fingers up, and he would just swipe across his arm twice, and then do this, and then cross, <laughs> and every every three pointer, it was amazing. I'll have Jackie do it before you guys leave. She's in the other room, but the other, his uh, his sole goal in life though was to just trash Jan Mahimi. So he starts off. There there was a fast break and I forget who scored the bucket. I would I would assume Dame. Um but there was a fast break steal for the Blazers and yeah, Jan Mahimi just completely doesn't catch up to to contest the layup. So it's an open floor layup. And the guy just starts screaming, just like, way to go, Jan! At least you didn't foul him and make him for a three-point play on this opportunity. I was like, oh, man, I think there might be something here. And sure enough, like, they, they go down... <laughs> they go down on an offensive play, and then it gets shuffled into Jan Mahimi, and he misses a layup. And it's like this guy just like, Jan, you're so bad at basketball! <laughs> Why are we paying you sixteen million a year? Just like all game or whatever, all game. Just like, just like yawn. Why? <laughs> I was just losing it. So then there was a guy. There was a couple beside me, and he started engaging with this guy, and it was just like, yeah, man, like yawn's pretty bad. <laughs> and I decided just casually. Just casually. So, so there was Jan Mahimi's slander all night, and then so we get to the fourth quarter, right? And the tension of chicken is palpable. Like, because, <laughs> and I, I kid you not, like, because everybody makes fun of Wizards fans in that, that promotion. Everybody makes fun of that, and it's like, st- you almost think it's like, that's just a stereotypical Wizards thing, right? It's like, people aren't that excited about it. <laughs> No, they were they were that excited about it. They lost that game by so the the Wizards had the lead most of that game. Otto Porter balled out. Um, Otto Porter balled out. Brad was kind of was kind of shaky, but he got he got his buckets. It was the quiet like CJ and Dame ended up in upper twenties, and it was the most quiet upper twenty like game for them I've ever seen because like they just missed. At halftime, they, like, Dame had finally got up to 12 points. And then, like, Mm. CJ, I think, was, like, at 8. That was at halftime. Like, they had missed, like, CJ was in early foul trouble. Mm. But let me just read off the stat line here. So, Otto had 24 that night, and Beal had 26. And field goal percentage, Otto shot 60%, and Brad shot 41. So, like, Brad... He had a better shooting game from than what I remembered yeah. that night. I was like, man, Brad, like he's doing okay, but he's not hitting as much as I thought he would. Well, he shot forty one point seven, so that's still good. Yeah. But it was very clear that Otto was balling out. Yeah. And so, like the Blazers start to make a game of it, and they start to come back. And the guy beside me, no joke, just said like. God, if we're going to lose, at least hopefully we'll get chicken. And I I just was like, no. No, everybody laughs at you for this. Like, no. Like, stop. And then, so they they were like, 
so Yusuf Nurkic was having a, a decent game, and they were wanting Nurkic to be fouled. And Nurkic went to the line three times in that fourth quarter, and everybody was psyched that he was going to the line because, like, they're like every whenever when Dame went to the line or whatever, they're like, nah, it's a foregone conclusion. Dame's gonna make these. Or but when Nurkic was at that line, they're just like, oh, here we go. Like, it's time. And and Nurkic and I took video, and I will show the video to you guys after we were done potting for the day. But like. It like when he Nurkic only missed of the three times he went to the line Nurkic only missed one time his first foul shot like and then like the entire arena was was going nuts <laughs> so and I took video and I said so I, I took video of Nurkic getting the ball me rotating the camera back to me and everyone going oh man oh man behind me and then right back to Nurkic and he sinks it he sinks it in. So I was just like, I was like, all right, well, we're not going to get free chicken. And I told, I was like, I was already in my head logistically thinking like, how do I like, so I don't live here. So we're going back to Frederick, which is an hour away. So like if we win chicken, they're closed on Sundays. I can't do that. So we would have to come back to DC to cash in on the free chicken before we leave Monday. Like that's where my brain was at. And like wizards, Wizards culture took over my body for a second. It's like I was watching Wizard Zach watch like this whole thing happen. But guys, it was so fun. It, it was so fun with the hecklers. I almost, um, I always wanted to talk to that guy about getting his information and having him come on to the pod and just like talk about how Jan Mahimi makes him so angry. Because he he turned around to us and was asking like, "All right, look, scenario time. It's it's like." would you take Boogie if we can get him? And every, all the Wizards people around me were like, yeah, of course, of course. He's, he's like, because you know that we're going to freaking trade Yawn, <laughs> Kelly, and a first-round pick and a bunch of cash. Like, just something we don't need to throw into that deal. Like, it's, it's what it's going to take. We're going to have to lose, like, Kelly or someone else and a bunch of cash just to get rid of Yawn and bring in Boogie. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'll never like I'll just never be Yon you're so bad (laughs) (laughs) oh just even stuff just like (laughs) he I forget whose name he tossed out but he's just like he's like anybody would be better than you like (laughs) oh my god Uh, like and then one time Yon got brought back on the floor he's like oh here we go <laughs> and then, uh, and then I think Jan had like two points or whatever. It was like <laughs> the guy just threw his hands up. He wasn't even happy when Jan scored a basket. Like, and it helped. It physically helped the Wizards because yeah. he was just exasperated. <laughs> so, so that's the that's the end of that. Uh, and I'm gonna. So we're we're to our final segment, and I want to give it over to Brandon because this was his I, his thing Brandon I want I want you to pitch what, what's the final discussion today final discussion I think you actually named it the grade the trade uh, I wanted to talk about the trade that we had um, earlier this year between the Pacers and the Thunder because when it first went down I know everyone was just like arms in the, in the air just like what are they doing because Pacers made that move and it was like you got you gave your clearly best player for pretty much Oladipo is how it looked. And you had you had a couple other guys in there, but it was basically that. And, you know, there's definitely other offers on the table for Paul George. So looking at that then, it was, like, insane. Looking at it now, you look at the stats clear across, is actually playing better than George played and has played. So I'm just curious what you guys think. Who has won this trade so far? I mean, so who's who's won it so far? To me, is the Pacers. I mean, Christian, what do you think? I say Pacers definitely won that trade. That whole thing is weird because Pacers could have got they could have got uh, Kevin Love, couldn't they? Yeah, like they could have got a lot. So like, like at the time when that came out, I was like Oladipo over Kevin Love. <laughs> what? Yeah. But. Uh, I feel like right now they're playing as a legitimate playoff team, whereas with George, they're just a fringe playoff team. Like, yeah, maybe they'll get in, maybe they won't. But right now with Oladipo, they're a young team and they're playing very fast and they're controlling the pace. 
of this Pacers team. <laughs> well, and yeah, actually, I don't know why I sat there and and I marked that we were gonna. I told people that like, oh yeah, like Charlotte, Charlotte spots taken by Detroit. Actually, it might be taken Pacers. by Indiana. I feel like everyone thought the Pacers were just done for a while after that. Because, like, I mean, that it was such a, a trade that you looked at. Because, I mean, you look at Oladipo. He was, what, third overall pick in his draft. Mm-hmm. Went to Orlando. Didn't do that much for Orlando. Did very average. Yeah, I mean, he was traded for, you know, Serge Ibaka, who's, you know, an okay player to, you know, the Thunder, but not really, you know, a huge trade. Um and, you know, he was kind of an afterthought. He was, you know, going to go over to Oklahoma City and, you know, do, you know, going to come off the bench clearly. Um, you know, I think he's, he sat there and he watched uh, Westbrook play, and I think he took that to Indiana with him, which I don't think anyone was expecting. Mm. So, you know, he somehow has turned it on and has become, you know, I think he, <coughs> I think he were looking at an all-star this year for sure. And... Is this any is this in any way colored by? Oh, it's going to be colored completely like that, but Cause, because of, he is on my team because we'll he's on that. Brandon's fantasy team. The bias is real, much <laughs> like we have to hear about Boogie all the time. But Boogie makes sense because he's putting up like historic All Star numbers, yeah. and he's just handsome, <laughs> great guy, does charity work. Gets ejected occasionally, but man, I would do anything to be on a reality TV show where we found Boogie's wife. How did this conversation make it back to Boogie Cousins? We talk about him every week because Christian's here. Like we <laughs> haven't talked about it. Really do. We yeah. haven't talked about like Oladipo much at all. But no. so the homie Depot is doing a great job. Um, I, you know, yeah, I, I give them complete credit. They have won this trade. Contingent upon the fact that they continue their their success, which I think they will because it's the East. Yeah, uh, and that the the Thunder just don't absolutely go Nova and get hot, but everybody is talking about you know the Thunder potentially going Nova and blowing it up, like like going <laughs> Nova that way. Yeah. I'm thinking that's not going to happen. I don't think not so. This season. I don't no. think so either. But yeah, I okay. So it sounds like. It sounds like we all think that the the Pacers for now have won this trade, but this is hot take to the house, and I have to say that my hot take is I think the Thunder won it, and I'm like, yeah, the evidence speaks to the contrary right now, but I think that if if Paul George stays, I think they <coughs> I think they figure it out. So that's just my opinion is that I think they figure it out eventually, and it all just clicks. They have just had some horrendous... The Thunder have had some horrendous luck in late yeah. games. Uh, someone made the comment that Russell Westbrook is just not... Well, someone... Multiple people have made the comment that Russell Westbrook is just not playing the best basketball that he's played. But it's it's so hard. It's so hard to try to take in what's going on with them. Yeah. Because like, they have these spurts of excitingness, but then you're like, how's this going to work? And what's happening? <laughs> it's that... <laughs> It's just, it's just wild, and yeah. I think that this whole trade has shaken up the landscape. So I want to hear from you guys. You know, let's let's put ourselves in a universe where where Paul George is going to get dealt because this is not working. Okay, you've got Mark Gasol, and you've got Mark well, Gasol who should be mercy traded out of his situation, and then uh, who else has been rumored to go places? DeAndre. DeAndre. So you, so we've got this whole shakeup going on right now. So I want to hear your guys' takes. Where do you think in that universe where all three of these guys are getting traded? And I think, I think that two of the three are getting traded. I think there's no question about it. I think two of the three are getting traded. If Marcus Hall doesn't get traded, I feel bad. Yeah, I think DeAndre is getting traded. I uh, yeah, he hired representation because he knows that he's out of there. So. What do you where do you guys think that everybody ends up, it, you know, in that universe? I really do think the Cavs are gonna push for one of them. They've been pretty open about the idea of like getting rid of Tristan, yeah. Shump, and maybe even like a pick for another like really good starter. I love Tristan. No one needs that Kardashian. No, bad at all. Yeah. I like Tristan. He's a great role <laughs> player, but yeah, I think I would Car- love to see Jordan. On that team over Tristan, I so I think uh, for for our 
way Cleveland's playing right now, I think DeAndre just is kind of a slightly better version of Tristan. Yeah. So it's kind of looking at, do you want to... I mean, obviously, we're not really using Shump right now that often. Well, so He's still injured, isn't he? Yeah, he's injured, but yeah. I mean, they, we weren't really using him this year. No, not at all. So... I mean, you're getting rid of those two contracts and picking up DeAndre, who is a... Is he a max player right now? Think um, he, I think he is. Amongst yourselves yeah, I think he is. So, I mean, you're getting rid of two guys and you're, you're, you're you know, just loading up that, you know, your, your deals again. Um, the problem with, with Gasol is, you know, he's just... He's used to that Memphis basketball. It's real slow. So, it's like... It's I don't see either of them really fitting with the Cavs. I can see them trying to make that push because, you know, they're all-stars. They're, you know, I, they I are better talented, but... I don't see Gasol's playing on the Cavs at all. Not to mention, he plays slow and he's older. Yeah. And that team does not need more age. No, no, no. He's older, too, but... He just got done playing... Uh, Olympic basketball recently. Yeah, he's he's earning... DeAndre is earning the max that he can earn. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, and uh, I, I'm also... This is breaking news. Uh, Milos <laughs> Tadosic. Future finals MVP Milos Tadosic will play on... <laughs> On Monday, maybe they're saying maybe against the Raptors, but man, that's that's exciting news. Um, I was that Hayward news right there. He might be able to return the season. Whoa! What? Also breaking news. Uh, let's just really one, talk one about this. One of those dated is it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yesterday uh, isn't ruling out a return this season, though he's not going to rush back if that means risking further injury to a surgically repaired ankle. Um, it's definitely in the back of my mind. Back as fast as I can. Hold on here. Yeah, he said... Uh, so I'm making sure that if I come back, I'm 1,000% confident in myself and my leg. Hot take, he is not coming back this no, season. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like that he... I like that he is hopeful about it, and that is great. And believe me, I would be so happy if he came back. I, I think that... that was the worst thing ever yeah. on, yeah, on opening was... night. On opening night. Like, yeah. you don't even get to see what that team is capable of. And, I mean, like, I'm not going to cry for the Celtics. They're in first place right now. But, I mean, just, God, it makes you wonder, like, what they could be, you know? Yeah. It, it really makes you wonder. Anyway, so, yeah. I, DeAndre, going back to DeAndre, I just don't think that, I, I don't think that, he helps. I don't know. We're, if you're talking about how does he help you, does he move the needle against the Warriors, I don't think he moves no. the needle. I think that Gasol potentially helps you move the needle a little bit, at least in terms of being able to space as a big man, because DeAndre can't help you space. Yeah. At least with Gasol, there's that, but I think, I don't know, I think, I feel like DeAndre's a little bit more athletic than Mark, yeah. and I think you lose a little bit of that, so it's kind of like... You know, well, sidelines. Who's the better dancer? I mean, DeAndre for sure. <laughs> you know, Mark. Mark's gonna want in the game, and DeAndre's like, I don't care if I foul. Like, if I fouled <laughs> out, like I'll dance. So, yeah, I, I think DeAndre would be more entertaining for Cavs fans to yeah. watch. But and I think DeAndre would have more fun in Cleveland, honestly. Than I think. <laughs> I think. I think Mark and DeAndre would have fun anywhere they go. <coughs> so. Mark doesn't seem like the, the most fun guy in the world, though. No. No, not so at all. So I don't know what you mean by that, <laughs> necessarily. Yeah, that's true. Who was the third name that you brought You're up? You're talking about Paul George. Paul George, Paul yeah. George. So where, he turns a, he's a free agent after this season, isn't he? Yeah, so he is a rental. You, you take yeah. that knowing that he's a rental. So, I mean, clearly the best option for anywhere for him to land, I think, is Cleveland. I think that if he... That's an interesting thing if he lands in Cleveland. Boston. If he lands in Boston... That's another huge one, yeah. That's another... And that was... Oh, in the off season. I was like, in my mind, who takes out the Warriors? And the only thing that I could come up with, I was like, you'd have to do a Kyrie, Paul George, Gordon Hayward, and then... A, like a Jimmy Butler, like the, like the yeah. literally has to be that. And we we talked about it, but everybody's like, well, you know, they've got Dur- the Warriors have Durant, Steph, and Clay, and then like that's and and everybody hates DeAndre Jordan. He he's their fourth superstar. You need a fourth you guy. Draymond. Draymond. Or I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah sorry. Draymond Green. Sorry, Draymond. Yeah. 
But yeah, he he's Draymond's essentially a superstar, and he plays like of that caliber. He's yeah. so good. Like DeAndre would be another team's best player, as I believe. Draymond. What's that? Draymond. Draymond. Yeah. Did I not say? You said DeAndre. Again. DeAndre would be. <laughs> oh man, sorry. But yeah, DeAndre would be another team's best player, specifically the Mavericks, if he if he would have went there and not you know been yeah. locked in a house by the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite story. Yeah. We're, we're looking at the potential demise of the Clippers, and all I can think back to is them locking DeAndre in a house. And I was like, that's that's peak. Like, we got this. Let's do this one more time. It's yeah. like, we can do this. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> It's like the part of the it's like the part of the um good versus evil battle scenes where the they're like the the rough and tumble like army that they've got no other choice they're going to sacrifice their lives for the cause. They've got the rough and tumble guys and they're like we're going out. It was good knowing you. And then it just explodes and that was I think blocking him in that house was yeah. like the last of it cuz then we all know how they did in the postseason losing to the Jazz last year. So yeah. But all right, well, I mean, any more thoughts to have before we, before we go? I think so. We we got it all. We did. We got it all. So all right, well, that's another week's edition of this, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.